Welcome to another exciting episode of the You Know Show. We are two geeks who talk about everything. My name is Aaron, and I am joined once again this week by special guest co-host Mark. How you doing, Mark? Good. Good to be back. Thanks for having me back. And just FYI, I know I'm wearing the same thing, but uh, doesn't doesn't smell any worse than it did the other night when I was wearing it. Me neither. I think we're good. And it's a good thing that YouTube is not a scratch and sniff kind of screen thing. Uh, all right, today we are taking a look at the recently released streaming docu-series American Nightmare. This three-episode documentary can be found on Netflix. It is a true crime story that, like Shrek or An Onion or Parfait, uh, has many layers, and they keep getting revealed through each episode. Um, before we start talking in depth, I do want to issue, issue a trigger warning uh, and advise our younger listeners to check with your parents before listening to this episode. Uh, and I really mean that sincerely. Uh, the content of this documentary contains some content. Uh, I just said content twice. I don't know why I did that. Uh, parents may not want their young yeah, children content. hearing about this. Uh, so uh, parental discretion is advised. Seriously, kids, if you are under the age of, I don't know, 15, 16, check with your parents That's before... 1718. Uh yeah. It, yeah. Check with your folks before you uh listen to this because there there are some pretty sensitive topics that come up during this, as as happens with, with true crime stories. Uh this is the first time we're talking about any kind of uh documentary here on the you know show. Um I'm excited about it because I love documentaries, I love true crime. Uh that was probably a product of uh the pandemic sit at home and and you know having tiger king on and you know just watching all those documentaries that pop up on streaming services there's a lot out there so uh mark uh tell me what grabbed you about this documentary and made you want to watch it the first time you heard about it and had you heard about this story before they made the series I had not. So uh, while I do love documentaries and, and all things based on true stories, I'm not really into the whole like true, true, true crime piece and things. So that's, that's, that's Peyton's uh, Bailey Wick. And so she was all over the thing. A good friend of hers had told her about it and said, Hey, you got to watch it. So I watched it with her and then got hooked. Um, I did not know this about this story in real life. Um, and that was one of the things Peyton and I talked a lot about because I was like, I just don't remember this at all. And I'm thinking, how did I not know this? I know, you know, right. The story takes place, like not the story, like it, what happened takes place in California. So it's on the different coasts, but like it had national coverage, significant national coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I remember when you and I first talked about it, you, you, you did remember uh, when this really took place. Um, well, so actually, I I didn't remember like hearing it on the news when it when it happened. Uh, I do know in the time since it happened, I have heard the story um, two or three different times on like true crime podcasts where people had talked about it before um, and discussed um, you know what had happened with with these yeah. individuals uh, that this this documentary is about. Um, yeah, I, I wish I, I wish I could say I remember like, you know, seeing seeing the Dateline story or or uh, or hearing about news reports. But uh, 
at the same time, I'm kind of glad I didn't because of the way that the media obviously got the story wrong at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, I'll go back just one thing. You said what got, had me hooked on it. I'll be honest, I, I was nervous about watching it at first because of the name American Nightmare, right? Like, I do not do horror movies. I don't do it. Um, and so, like, I was nervous about that. Uh, which which it didn't have. I know you've already shared the warning, and he was serious. Like kids, if you're watching, go check with your parents first. Um, so, but so it is very serious stuff. But it's, but it's not. I mean, it is horrific, but it's not like the slasher life you know, kind of thing. Yeah, and just like all of that aspect of it um, that, that that was there. But yeah, I, I did not remember it whatsoever uh, probably the biggest news story that i remember and i won't remember the year you i'm sure you will uh was the uh, the dc sniper uh that was when we were in college yeah uh, like and obviously 9 11 is their generations pearl harbor so like that is etched that and the dc sniper are etched in my memory um this did not register at all what had happened i had no clue uh, well, it could be proximity too like you know the dc sniper for us we're in virginia so you know that's a hop skip and a jump away from where we are whereas you know this kind of story it's on the other side of the country it's like well that's so far removed from anything we could ever possibly be a part of um you know it's yeah just out of sight out of mind kind of thing and i will say so after seeing the first so it's it's three episodes right Think yes. three episodes. Yeah. So I, I was hooked after the first episode. Uh, so so I was I was hooked at that. Once it got going, um, it is a crazy story. Um, so episode one is all about the inciting incident and the immediate aftermath, which uh, they tried to lead us to draw certain conclusions. Um, and I think that's done for dramatic effect, knowing that the second episode is coming. Uh, but Mark, can you? kind of give us a quick safe for work description of what happens to Denise Huskins and her boyfriend, Aaron Quinn. Yeah. So, uh, they were together, um, uh, in, 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 in his home. I assume, I think they each had their own homes, but they were together so. in, in his, his apartment or his home. And, uh, someone, someone broke in and kidnapped her. And during the kidnapping, like, uh, you know, blindfolded him, uh, not with fabric, right? But like we learned, used uh, swim goggles, right? That were blacked out, which becomes an important piece later on. Uh, so like this very traumatic thing uh, that, that's kidnapping, if you will. They left him there and took her. Uh, and so you do get this... Uh, and, and like it's got, I assume it is the real nine one one call that he made, that, that's on it, right? And so like, you you hear it and you're like, how's this dude so calm? Like in what he's sharing, and even the nine one one dispatcher was like, what? <laughs> like they were all like not pushing back, but just like, uh, and like when he explains, it's like, well, what 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 have you been doing? <laughs> Yeah, she, she's like she's like asking, "Why did you wait so long to call nine one one?" He's like, yeah. "I was tied up. I was drugged, <laughs> you yeah. know." 
He's just like, this is the first chance I've had to grab a phone. Yeah. So like you, you get that. So like the story of, Hey, he, so that's how, if I'm remembering right, that's how it starts into it. This 911 call. Yeah. Right? And it's him the next morning. Uh, and so he's talking about the operator, like, Hey, somebody broke in last night, blindfolded us, drug, drug us, kidnapped my girlfriend. And, and, and here I am now, uh, call, call him. Um, and, and he was coming out of which it was so like, he drugged me with, with NyQuil. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, so like, uh, which which I will say, like, I cannot take Nyquil because if I take Nyquil, I cannot. I know I cannot function at work the next day. I, I have a cloud. So like, I'm like, okay, yeah, like I, that's believable to me. Yeah. Uh, and they mixed it with something. I can't remember what else the other thing was that he said. Um, I'm but, sure it was but, something to make sure that it worked, like to make yeah. sure it would put them to sleep. Yeah. What well, was it? But but also sort of a safe thing, right? Yeah. So like the story is just sort of sort of you know outrageously unbelievable. And to your point, like one of the things that I read when I, when I after watching it, and I tried to see like what you know reviews things like that. There were some folks that that didn't like the way that they they portrayed this because it does like they plant a seed of doubt that makes you think he did it. Right, and, and as you watch this, you, you'll learn. Right, right, that's sort of where the police go initially, mm-hmm. uh, but but they sort of build that up, uh, right, and then, then it ends, and then your second episode, because you're like, what? We don't know what happens to her, right? Right, and then the second episode starts with with her there. So then you're like, okay, well, she's alive, because right. we, we didn't we didn't know that all the way through the first episode. Uh, and right, that's how it normally goes. Uh, it's, yeah. it's the, the tragedy, the sadness of that normally in that kind of kidnapping, taking grab, right? Like somebody's somebody's probably dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, throughout that first episode, we really only get Aaron's perspective on on all of that. Um, and then we we experience his frustration in dealing with the detectives uh in the Vallejo police department, uh, even the FBI. Uh, it becomes clear that the authorities are not putting any weight on his testimony. Um, they've kind of decided to draw their own conclusions. One of the detectives, uh, if I remember right, he just flat out tells Aaron he doesn't believe him and now has to find a way to make him the monster of the story. Like, what? that's yeah. that's not police work. That is conjecture. You've decided that this is the way it's going to turn out. You just want to close the case. You're, you're not interested in the truth at all. Um, what... What's your take on how the police handled sure. the case? Yeah, I mean, as you watch the whole thing, you get through it all. Like you, you, you come away with it, wanting there to be uh, a price to pay for, for for the folks at that police department that were involved in this, right? Because uh, I mean, I I can't even imagine what it's like as a police officer. Like I have such respect for those who put their lives on the line. To not just to, to protect us, but then also to keep peace and order, right? So, like, they're the folks that says, hey, like, I'm willing to go um, keep everybody in line. So, like, I have the utmost respect for folks to do that. And and you walk away from this and you're like, the, the, the folks that are involved with that should should not be in, in those roles, Uh Right. And, and, and I do it, it because it becomes like what you watch on TV, like it was not real police work to your point. Like 
they hurt, you hurt them. Uh, they hurt his story and they just a hundred percent went to like this, this dude killed his girlfriend. Like yeah. your story, your story is too unbelievable. It's too wild. Dude, I'd love to believe you, but I can't believe you. And so I need you to tell me right now, what, what you, where you dumped your body. Um, and, and then you could tell, went to the place that, that right. That we watch on TV about like scaring him out of, you know, trying to scare the answer out of it. Um, and, and as I'm watching that, you know, I don't know whether he did it or not. Like, you know, not I'm obviously getting to sit here and watch it all the way through. Then I get the perspective of, okay, I know what happened. So like how in the world did they, did they, did they do that? But, you know, I had the same thought when, when I'm seeing that first, that first episode, like this, this guy's involved somehow. Right. Like, um, but like you, you would just assume that folks in that in that role would not would not be acting that way. Um, that, that's there. And then I'm thinking, then I try to put myself in his shoes. And like, if they're coming at me with this, like, how would I respond? Because to be honest, I, and I think that played into it. Like, not only did he keep his cool, but he just seemed so like he wasn't upset that they were attacking him. I don't know if that was still the Nyquil, still the like the shock of it all, but like. I'd be like, what the are you talking about? Like I'd be I'd be so pissed that they're not believing me. Uh I'd be I'd just I'd be losing my mind. Uh, well, even even when the FBI stuff. came in and did a lie detector test, you know, they didn't even look at the results of the lie detector test. They just came up and said, Well, it's clear from this lie detector test that you are lying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we learned that later, right? That that yeah, he, he did not fail that test. And, and the guy it was just me, inconclusive. Yeah. To, to be honest, to me, that's a crime. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I don't know law well enough, but like that that gentleman from the FBI should no longer have his job. Uh, like, yeah, how, he, how, would, like how in the world would like say you did that? How in the world would that get through in court? Like say he really did do this, uh, and the way they got him to to prove to it was that he lied, right? Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, a lie detector test is inadmissible in court anyway. Sure. So, sure. so like, they were just using that to manipulate him to see yeah. if he would break and change his story. But, but, but he did. Yeah. Well, I was just saying, I know this is jumping way forward, right? Like, I, part of where I go to at the end of this is, is I, I feel like somebody in that police department or that FBI is maybe involved with who who did this like maybe it's a ring of them uh, yeah. because there's no way you can be that inept uh, and and being and being that wrong like it's just so hard for me to believe that like yeah. it's a one in a million situation in my opinion that somebody would be that that inept in that role unless they're involved um so, so that's so I, that's kind of what i walk away with uh like if it were to come out that that fbi guy was was involved with it I would not be surprised at all. Wouldn't be surprised, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so getting into the second episode, we shift perspectives and we hear from Denise. Uh, it turns out that she was uh, inexplicably released by her abductor uh, in her own hometown, about 400 miles away from Vallejo, where she had been taken. Uh, she describes in details all of the horrors that she endured uh, while being held captive by her unseen assailant. She never saw the guy. Um, still, the police don't believe the story she's been she's giving them. 
Uh, instead of trying to pin the whole thing on Aaron now, though, they decide to go in front of media and state, as if it's fact, that these two have concocted some kind of hoax in the vein of, like at the time, it was a recent movie and book, Gone Girl. Uh, and, and they're saying it was all fake. It was all set up. And there was no kidnapping that they they did this for publicity or for, for attention. And so, again, what can we say about the Vallejo Police Department's stellar detective work here? I mean, they it's like they're writing this narrative as they go along. Anything that we can do to save face and pretend like these two are the culprits. Yeah, you know, which is which is so so shocking to me, right? And we learn, uh, right? Like we see the opposite of that with the, with the Palo Alto uh, Police Department later on. But like again, my 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 experience around law enforcement, which I've never been arrested, uh, I've been pulled over a time or two for a minor traffic uh, situation. Like every every interaction I've ever had with law enforcement, every law enforcement officer that I know personally, like it's a profession that goes by the book, right? And anytime you go by the book, um, right? Like I do in my career, right? There's a certain set of regulations that I adhere to. When you're adhering to a certain set, a certain segment of regulations, like oftentimes you have to move so slow and so methodical that it's, that it, that it's almost a, a, a hindrance to getting things done, right? And so, like, he, here's he, here's uh, these police officers who generally have to, you know, between all the reports, all the things you have to do. Like, you, you're they're almost handcuffed to get to an answer quickly because of going through all the steps. And here, these guys, not only did they not go through those steps, but like just bulldozed all of it. And, and just came up with these opinions, but both ways, right? Like in accusing him and then coming out with that against, against her. Um, it, so it's just mind numbing. Um, and there's no other way to explain it. Like, it's just, I have to think that it is a once, you know, it's like the hundred year flood. They talk about the hundred year flood plane, right? Uh, yeah. This, this is the 100 year experience. Uh, it's just, it's just mind-boggling. Yeah, uh, yeah. Watching it, it was incredibly frustrating. Uh, hearing what's going on with the victims of this crime, and then seeing just the absolute idiocy of the police department here. I'm going to borrow a line from Bart Simpson: uh, "The police in that town couldn't catch a cold." Uh, <laughs> So, I mean, it was clear from the start that these detectives weren't interested in finding the truth, even though they're saying that's our job, where our job is to find the truth. They just wanted to close the case. I'm sure it looks real good on a, on a detective's record if, you know, they can close a potential homicide case in a couple of days. I mean, I'm sure it looks great, but when you're making it up as you go along, you know, what happens when the alleged dead person shows up alive a few days later? You know, you're not willing to hear her story. You can't try to give her the benefit of the doubt after what she's been through. Uh, it's just it it blows my mind. Yeah, well, I, I, to to not in, not in their defense, but but to I can see how there's some concern on their side when she won't talk to them when she, when she first gets back, right? Like, and and we learn that's because her assailant threatened her, right? And 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 
what both of them believe is that there are a ring of people involved in this, mm-hmm. right? Because they both thought that multiple people came into their home. Um, and her assailant kept talking about multiple people and referenced uh, some of them coming over. And she thought she heard him, right? There's a scene where she believes they're in the house with him. Um, and there's conversations. At least two other people, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, she, they threatened her. So she's thinking this group is out there. Um, and so, like, she's scared to then say anything. So then she ducks down. You know, the police went to talk. She's like, no. So, so I, I get their hesitant. So I, I understand what, why their minds went where they went. But that you turn around, like, and, and before ever trying to get to her, then come out and accuse her of lying. And then that, that just the timing of that is where it's just so unbelievable uh, that that can transpire. Um, and like, is that, you know, at that point, I don't think, but we're in the social media. We're in social media world at that time, right? Oh, yeah. This was just 2017. Was it really? Uh, gosh, yeah. I thought it was like 2012. Uh, yeah, this was, this was only about seven years ago. Oh, yeah. Well, we were. So, you know, so I don't know if it's a part of what has happened. You know, with where you always feel, you feel like there's the pressure. We've got to get some news out there. We got to get something out there quickly, because everything just goes 700 miles an hour now. And if you don't get the narrative out there, it's going to go in 100 directions, and you can't control it. I don't know if that has fed into some of this, um, with it or not. But um, so I will say, thankfully, we do have episode three to tie everything up. Uh, it gives us kind of a happy ending. Sure, uh, we start off, Denise and Aaron's lives are a shambles. Uh, No one believes their story. The court of public opinion has basically painted them as frauds, uh, and no one in the police or the FBI are willing to explore any other avenues in the case. They've made up their minds. Uh, One of the attorneys, I think, that they interviewed in the documentary, I can't remember if it was uh, like Aaron and and Denise's attorney, um, but whoever it was, they, they rightfully call this confirmation bias where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the police was have, what was it? I think it was Denise's attorney. Cause they, were, they had two different attorneys. They had separate attorneys. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the police had made up their minds. And so the only story they could see was the one that they had decided was the truth. Um, but do you can you recall what it was that cracked the case open and led to an actual arrest? Yeah, you know, it was interesting because I don't feel like you and I talked about this before, but like obviously the assailant had a desire to be caught, right? Because like remember when they first came out and said, Hey, it was all a hoax, like he started emailing the media and saying, No, like they're telling the truth, like ending photos of things that they had described to the police that were there, like mm-hmm. photos of the gun. Um, I'm trying to think what other photos he sent. And like he sent so a photo he, of the room that she was kept in. Yeah. So like all yeah. this. So, so obviously he had a desire to be, I don't know. Cause the numbers came out, you know, it didn't seem like the whole piece where they want to be famous. It didn't quite seem like that. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know right. what that was. Um, but, but as he is, is sending, all, sending all that stuff, like at the end, when they would believe him, after he sent multiple pieces of evidence, he said, fine. Like, if you guys don't, 
then I'm going to do this again. Uh, and so sure enough, right, like he then does it again. He breaks into a house. He tries to. Yeah, uh, where there is uh, a young girl uh, who lives with her parents still, though. And so like the dad fought, tried, tried to fight the guy. Uh, right and so like he pushed through fought and then obviously in, in which we learned a lot like and you know, dude wasn't using real guns um and you know didn't appear like he probably could take a life i mean obviously he does and we've not talked about it or said it but like he, he did some some very bad things but uh, so like when the dad fought back like he ended up running and left his phone there Right. And so then they tracked, tracked him down. They were able to, to catch him. And when they went to, to get him at the house where he ended up, where it ended up that he had kept the knees um, and the police were going through his car, they find a pair of swim goggles that have black tape over, just like Aaron had described uh, and Denise had described. And so it was the Palo Alto police that had, because it was in Palo Alto when this happened, and she found them. So the detective in the case found the goggles, and it was a blonde hair on them. And their their um, victim had dark hair. So then she was like, "We got to figure out who this was, right? Like, there's there's obviously another victim out there." And so she was could not be deterred and reach out so she was doing looking up missing cases like other and she would find cases of resemblance and reach out and a couple of them pointed back to, to the guy right and so you learn about other victims that he had attacked and you learn a little more about his story uh, which is which is really really interesting like he had, he had tried to do this before and then would have go through with it he did he had, couldn't go through with it uh, and so uh, she keeps she keeps going and I can't remember the break that connected her to the case at Vallejo um, but they but there was some connection that they finally made and when they reached out to the FBI they said hey like we, we think we have something that that could could be involved uh, and then they started to put it together and, and I will give it to because I have to assume it was the same, at least some of the same caseworkers from the FBI. And so for the fact, you know, they didn't pursue it. Because like I could see at that point, like almost being fearful, like it's going to come out that we screwed this up big time. Right. Right. So whoever was on that case, you give them the credit of like they, they pursued the truth in light of what was going to come out. Right. Like that they really screwed the pooch on this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, new evidence that could not be denied that was picked up by another detective in another office in another town. Uh, yeah, you, you can't you can't just dismiss that and be like, no, 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 they still made this up. No, that's her hair. Um, yeah, it was it was funny because uh, when I remember when they they talked about her finding out about that case in, in Vallejo with Denise, you know, they're, they're saying, you, you've never heard of the gone girl case. And she's yeah. like, no, what, what is that? And like, so she obviously didn't watch too much of the news either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, was, it, 
Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. I will say that was shocking to me too, right? Like, because there's not a ton of years between that. Right. Yeah. Like you're in the same state. Yeah. Right. That's in the that's in the same state, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Palo Alto oh. is uh, not too far from Vallejo. How the how in the world is there not a database somewhere where you could put in like, hey, you know unsolved cases or cases to deal with somebody being taken with swim goggles. Like, I mean, how many of those cases would there be? Uh, right. You know, they have to write, my understanding is they have to write everything up in the report. Like, how is that not in a searchable database? Well, if the detectives didn't believe that that's what happened, could they have omitted that from their reports? Well, you think they would have to put that in the notes? I mean, at least his his initial notes, the recordings from the nine one one call. That's true. They, they had they had video recordings of them in the interrogation room. Yeah. Uh, you know, clearly his story was told several times, and he never changed it. Yeah. Well, obviously, and this, and this is again a feel for those officers. Uh, like they knew that stuff was being recorded, so they they did, it wasn't like they were you know beating the dude up trying to get a confession out of him. You know, right. you know what I mean? Or, uh, so that's where, you know, I, I think it's a lesson in humility that we all need, um, you know, to, to see how, like, when, when, when we think we're right, um, you know, what can happen in that if we, if we can't get beyond that. Um, so, yeah, thanks to one good cop who was actually willing to do the job of a good police detective. Uh, they found a major break in the case. Like we mentioned, um, you had that blonde hair, uh, and it eventually led to the conviction of Matthew Muller. Uh, the question remains, did Muller work alone or did he have accomplices? What do you think? Uh, I, I don't know that I have a strong opinion either way. I would say I've had to lean one direction yeah i think he probably had an accomplice an accomplice um but you also see right like when they show the evidence you see things that could easily have been used to give off the impression the, of the impression that there were other people involved so yeah i would you know so like i would say it's 51 49 and the yeah. only reason i'm on the 51 is because um we learn in that I think it's the second season. Like uh, the the uh, the captor, the assailant, thought he had taken the ex girlfriend. Right, and that was his real target. Was uh, the ex girlfriend Andrea? Yeah, and, and we learned that the ex girlfriend had a prior relationship with one of the FBI folks involved. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that just planted that seed there. So like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, See, and I, I think it's suspicious that she was not willing to be interviewed for this documentary. Uh, what was so? I mean, we don't know, and probably will never know what her connection was. Why was she the target, even though you know she was no longer dating Aaron, that yeah. he had you know moved on and was obviously in a an intimate relationship with somebody else at this point. Um, yeah, it's there. There's I think there's still a lot of unanswered questions. And we we may never have the answers to. Uh, this is highly inappropriate, uh, but the way you just said that 
it made me think of the old Tootsie Roll uh, commercials where how many, how many licks will it take to get to the center of a lollipop and the owl's testing it. And then like he bites into it after three licks and says, we may never know. Yeah. Highly inappropriate uh, relating it to that, but that's what just entered my mind as you said that. Uh, yeah. American nightmare is the Tootsie pop of uh, true crime documentaries. <laughs> Yeah, we may know. I am surprised that they didn't go deeper into any of it. Uh, and I don't know. I have I have looked up a few articles because we've also talked about it, right. Like there was litigation after this. Uh, they sued, and you know, like I've shared my opinions on on litigation and, and what and what I think about it. But in a situation like this, I can't fault them. Um, uh, Their lives were ruined by this. Like the the media lamb blasted them. I mean, you know, you've got they they can't they can't go anywhere without being recognized and considered liars frauds uh and and so what what does that do to each of their careers you know yeah. i mean can can they earn a living for themselves at this point or you know if they apply for a job or you know the potential employer gonna just look at them and be like you're that gone girl right uh What's that all about? Yeah, so it's, you know, it, it's it's not. But so there has been, apparently, after this documentary now, there has been intense pressure on the Vallejo Police Department because all of these folks kept their jobs after this. They uh, even got some awards for, yeah. for their jobs. Yeah, uh, and so there has been, apparently, a lot of pressure on those departments to, to get rid of uh, or punish uh, these folks. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to continued reading to see what, what happens. And, you know, I'm, I'm not, um, uh, right. Like, uh, I'm a big believer in actions and consequences, right. Responsibility. And so I, I do think that the Vallejo the police department has a responsibility, uh, to, to, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what the right, uh, response would be here, but, but I think something should be done. Well, whatever the case, there should be consequences for the actions or inactions of these police in this case. I mean, they they obviously made up their minds about this whole thing before getting all of the facts, and that's just that's just sloppy police work. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, we're we're out of time um just real quick uh as we mentioned this is a three episode docuseries american nightmare you can find it on netflix uh it really is an interesting watch um but again parental guidance uh parental discretion advised um if you like documentaries there are plenty of good ones to find out there not just on netflix but other streaming platforms they're all over the place um actually just this past weekend i watched um the Greatest Night in Pop, which is about the making of We Are the World. Uh, it was really fascinating to see all those, you know, back in 85, all those huge musical artists getting together uh, in one night recording We Are the World. It was great. Um, and then uh, that's probably going to mean anything to anybody if you're over the age of 30. Uh, and uh, I also caught Hell Camp Teen Nightmare, which is about some of the less ethical uh wilderness adventure camps that some parents often or will sometimes send their troubled teens to uh 
Mark, any other documentaries you would recommend? Not so much on the true crime uh, yeah. side of things, but uh, I don't know, maybe along the lines of uh, historical kind of things. So a uh, documentary that I've watched recently was about Barry Sanders, um, uh, who was the great running back for the Detroit Lions, uh, seemingly walked away at his prime and uh, like did so quietly. Um, in fact, he faxed in his his uh, that he that he was leaving. Uh, they wasn't, wasn't signing in, so there was a lot of sort of speculation or just unknown around that. Uh, and so, on Amazon Prime, there is a documentary about Barry Sanders and um, his walk away. Incredible, incredible. I, I, he was one of my favorites, and I, I just walked away with even more of an appreciation for who he was. Uh, as an individual, and uh, I mean, I'm a big, a big uh, nerd and geek on like doing things the right way and that kind of thing. And I mean, that guy, that guy was was right on it. Uh, so that that's one that I would encourage any sports fans out there to check out. Uh, when I think about sports documentaries, did you watch The Last Dance? Um, I mean, surprisingly enough, no. Uh, you know, that was when the NBA was my first professional sports love. Uh, and that was obviously Jordan, Jordan years. So you would think I'd be all over that thing. Um, my brothers watched it, my sister-in-law, but, uh, but I've yet to watch it. Um, it's pretty good. I, I actually really enjoyed that one. And I'm not, I'm, you know, yeah. you know, I'm not much of a sports guy. So, um, yeah. It was, it was really fascinating to, to, and there were there were gosh there was a couple of times on there I was watching it I remember I mean of course this was this has been a couple of years ago now, um, but, but I remember being moved to tears a couple of times watching it was it was a good it's a good good documentary. I feel like it, so this is more of a movie than a documentary, but it's but it's in the true story stuff. I don't I can't remember the title of it, but another one that I love connected to Michael Jordan was the story about his deal with Nike and how oh, Nike uh, stopped. Air, yes, air, incredible. incredible. I haven't seen that yet. I know it's on Prime though. I need to. I need to watch it. So good. So it good. really good. because uh, it's, it's there's so much of the '80s stuff in there. Uh, yeah. So even though you don't, you know, the big sports, I think you would love, love that yeah. movie. So I, I, I remember seeing the previous for it and thinking it looked really good. And I, I hate that I missed it in the theater, but, uh, but now it's on Prime. I need to, need to make time to watch it. Probably one of my top five movies of all time. Wow. That's high praise, man. Yeah. You, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Better than Gus? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a whole different, whole different ballgame. Another one, uh, The Founder, the story about Ray Kroc. That one is God. good. I have seen that's that one. My, that was in my that's, top 10. That's a good movie. Yeah. All right. Um, that is about all the time we have for today's episode. I want to thank Mark again. Uh, thanks so much for joining and co-hosting again uh, twice this week. Appreciate it, man. Man, wouldn't would miss it for anything. Uh, I appreciate Thanks, that. Man. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you, listeners, viewers, for uh, tuning in to another episode of The You Know Show. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon to be notified whenever we post something new. And if you like what you're hearing, be sure to share it with your friends and family, because uh, if you like it, maybe they will too. Uh, so until next time, have a great whatever it is, wherever you are. <laughs>